Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We have got a really interesting show for you tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about Southwest uh, R. Kelly, which is a thing I didn't think I would be doing, but there is some information that is relevant on that whole thing. Uh, A new COVID pill, and Americans just said fuck it and are quitting their jobs. So let's get to it. do some ad reads here we've got tom quitter from tom52.com that's t-o-m-f-o-r-5-2.com there's no quitting quitter uh he runs better than the government even though his feet really don't work i mean he says they do but if he stands up his legs shatter into a billion pieces so they don't work the alaskan raven for all your meme needs go check out the alaskan raven on facebook We've got Crowned by Gold, the third book in the Royal Green series by Jack Casey. I am contractually, legally, and financially obligated, excuse me, obligated to say that this is a good book. Uh, His biggest of super fans pays me money to say it's not a crap book, but the contract doesn't say I can't shit on Jack Casey, so fuck Jack Casey. Also, go to notarealpodcast.com and check out our dope merch. Like this shirt here, it says, Thou shalt not fucketh around or thou shalt find out. Don't hurt people, don't take their stuff. Both shirts have Not A Real Libertarian Podcast on the front. Or, yeah, on the front, these are back. These are from the back. Hey, oh, that's what she said. Go cop some of that sweet, sweet merch to help keep the lots on around here because this stuff is expensive and we're all poor. Mobile auto repair from Greasy Porcupines. Go to greasyporcupines.org to find out more uh, for road service, tune-ups, and maintenance, service, and repair. I actually have a script I'm supposed to read. I'm going to pull that up next time because I forgot to do it this time. Sorry, Alex. Love you, bro. Um, And that should be it. Oh, no, I lied. The RedactedCaucus.org. Go check out the Redacted Caucus for all your Hawaiian shirt apparel and to become an official member of the Redacted Caucus, the Redacted Caucus of the Libertarian Party. Go to redactedcaucus.org. That should be all of it. Now, I do have a guest for the tonight's show. This is someone who's going to bring some good information. And I told her she would love this first segment. I know her a little bit. Um, she's going to love this first one. It's the 811 call before you dig segment because why call the cops when you can handle it yourself? Call 811. So, the average price of ammunition this week, and so we're going to change this up a little bit uh, moving forward. We're going to do ammo prices for 5.56 and 9 mil, and I'm going to show you a featured gun of the week. So, 
you're getting more bang literally for your buck. 556 is currently hovering at around 49 cents around, which is still incredibly high, but it is not higher than it was a couple months ago when it was at 46 cents around. So it's gone up and it's coming back down again. Uh, and nine millimeters right about 33 cents. So down about one cent from last week, which is good. The highlight of firearm of the week. If you go to galleryofguns.com is the SIG P365 XL and all these other information that you don't need, but you'll see it on their weekly special. It is for sale for the low, low price. And so this is the one that comes with the, uh, the red dot on it. So you're getting all the deals with this one. It's the X-Ray 3, the day-night sight. The MSRP on it is down to $829.99. So go copy one of them bad boys. They're pretty freaking awesome. They're a part of that. Uh, they've they've come with, I believe, if I remember correctly, on the 365s, they're also uh, part of that modular handgun design that they come out with the, with the p320s so it's pretty dope but in case you have not heard and you live under a information rock or like in some cave in afghanistan somewhere southwest has decided it's melting down completely uh, over 2000 flights as of right now have been canceled and they're saying that it's the weather and air traffic control but yet, when you look at other airlines, they've canceled maybe 66 flights, 180 flights, whatever. No one is currently, like even all the other airlines put together, aren't rivaling Southwest alone. So why is that happening? Why is Southwest the sole company that is having issues with clear skies and one missing air traffic controller? To discuss this and to give us the uh, insight that we may need, I'm bringing up my guest, uh, Nina, who is a awesome human being, and you should check her out on all the social medias that I'll let her plug for you, but she's got some uh, knowledge, so how you doing, Nina? Hey, Greg, thanks for having me on. I'm super excited to have this conversation. I am. I'm really excited. You were telling me about it earlier, and I was like, oh my God, if she's available tonight, she's telling this story. Yeah, yeah, we were in a social media space together and I was sharing that, you know, this all started on Tuesday of, you know, the Tuesday just passed when the CEO of Southwest, Gary Kelly, put out a, a video message on the internal portal to all the employees. And effectively what the message said was that the company never intended to have a mandate and that wasn't what they wanted to do, but they were feeling pressure from the federal government due to their federal contractor status. And that they were then subject to the order, um, you know, put out by President Biden and that there would be limited exceptions and that information about that would be forthcoming. But effectively, if you didn't do that, then you would just be terminated. So that's kind of where the story starts. Um, they then came out and said they would offer 16 hours of pay to anybody that complied with the vaccine mandate before a certain date, either by getting your first shot of one single series or, you know, getting your two shots. And then, uh, you know, the talking began. So the union put out uh, a lawsuit right away, and uh, effectively an injunction trying to stop it. So due to the railroad, the Federal Railroad Act, you, uh, airlines can't strike in the way other groups can strike. So that option is off the table. So it's been real squirrely if you've been following the hashtag Southwest Revolt. So 
basically, uh, you know, people claim that, you know, these airlines are independent companies and they can make whatever decisions they want to. That's not actually true because if the government is able to use regulation to prevent you from even striking, they're no longer private entities. They're government controlled, essentially. Right. And there's been a long history of financial relationships between airlines and the federal government. So um, I believe wholeheartedly what Gary Kelly is saying, that there is certainly a financial relationship that's been dangled. You know, I've heard from third parties, I don't know how true it is, that the figure is something like, you know, hundred billion dollars that would either be on the line or be, have to be paid back. That Well, that's the, the financial um, implications of not having a fully vaccinated staff complying. Yeah. And uh, so you have your pilot's license, but you know, someone maybe kind of closer in the vicinity of talking to that uh, is, I don't want to say leaking information, but has passed along some information in passing, correct? Yeah, so there's been a lot of sharing. So I have a, I'm involved in general aviation. When we talk about commercial airlines, we're talking about commercial airline pilots. I live in a community that's saturated with airline pilots just because of the proximity to the airport. So I have lots of friends that work for all airlines, but quite a few that are, you know, pilots for Southwest. And we've had some of those more intimate friend conversations on what this looks like as they share their concerns and kind of what their own personal thoughts are and, and what they feel like the temperature of the company is. Yeah. And the reason I bring that up is just to make sure that people understand that this is not just you looking from the outside in. You've heard this from other people who work for Southwest in some capacity. Yes. Specifically pilots that are unvaccinated. Okay. Um, And so one thing that is really interesting is, you know, you had discussed the idea that, um, and so if you, some of the articles I've had uh, have talked about how the union has openly said that they're not, they're not striking they're not involved with anything, you know, any shortages um, and that this is solely on the shoulders of Southwest and some of the decisions they made. Uh, is there anything you can fill us in on that? Yeah. So the union has been very consistent in saying, you know, both publicly and privately on back channels that they are, are not promoting a strike, that that would be illegal. They're not organizing that. The union is placing blame on the company for um, poor infrastructure as, as one of the issues that they're citing as why there's been a, a meltdown the last couple of days. So, yeah, the union is 100 percent not backing any strike or suggesting anything that would be illegal. Yeah, because like, as you said earlier, you know, a strike would implicate, you know, certain legislation that would, you know, prevent them from doing so, uh, whether it be with whatever the I don't know much about the Railroad Act. I didn't actually look it up, um, but uh, they can lose their job, including their pilot's license, which is very difficult and expensive to get in the United States. So their their opportunity to fly for someone else actually goes away as well. Yeah, you just don't want to tangle with that kind of legislation. Um, there's been a long-standing tradition of it in this country um, going back to the railroads, right? That's where it's adopted from. So so what you're seeing here, any any employee shortages you're seeing are, are individuals deciding for themselves that, you know, um, either they don't want to participate, they're calling out sick, they're, they're using their bank time because they feel like they're going to be terminated because they're not going to get vaccinated. Uh, all kinds of reasons, but you definitely, you know, people are stressed out. I mean, think about it. You thought suddenly, you know, last week everything was great going into the holiday season, and now you're uh, potentially going to lose your job. Uh, that would stress me out too. That would make me physically sick too. So, I mean, it makes sense. Now, the union is reporting that there's no additional callouts for sickness. So, I thought that was really interesting. They're saying that it's all stable week to week. But what we're seeing out there happening in the world it suggests something different. So, 
what we're really saying is it's not a strike in the sense that it's organized by the union or whatever. We're seeing individuals who are protesting at the individual level. They're saying, I'm not standing for this. I personally cannot stand for this. So they're taking time off. They're saying, I'm not coming into work. That that sort of thing. Is that correct? Yeah, that's what we're seeing. And, you know, over the weekend, the um, because of all these cancellations, because of weather and air traffic control, you know, the, the crew scheduling line was backed up. Normally, that's the phone number you call once somebody answers it. People were burnt. They waited on hold for uh, for crew scheduling up to three hours. So this is what's happening is that there are people that got into flight crews that got into cities and didn't have a hotel on their board. Like, where do I go next? So they called crew scheduling and then were on hold three hours. So they went, they made their own hotel accommodations. They made their own transportation accommodations. So there's a full on meltdown happening uh, at Southwest. And then the implication, of course, of that is if I'm only supposed to be on duty a certain amount of hours, and I need a certain amount of rest hours, which is required by the FAA. If I don't get to my hotel through two or three hours later because I had to book it and, and play the game in the morning, I'm unfit to fly, right? So then you have then delays caused by that. So even people who are at work um, contribute to some of the delays that you're seeing because of the shortages. So it's just been a, a cluster forwards and backwards. And uh, yes, so I, I will say this um, to anyone who's struggling right now at Southwest, like that's going through some of this stuff you know my heart goes out to you but i applaud the stand that some of these people are making they're they're taking very principled stands they're saying no we we're not anti-vaccine we're just anti uh, being told we we have to get it um and this is something that i i'd love to see more of not just in the airline industry but in trucking and construction and and for like weeks now, I've I've talked about that on this show where Americans need to start taking this stand. And hopefully this is that cataclysm that people can see that, hey, I don't have to have 10,000 people uh, that decide we're not going to work anymore. It's just it, sometimes it just takes a couple of people. Yeah, no, I hear you. And, and, here, and honestly, I haven't talked to a single person who works for Southwest who may or may not be participating and, and calling out there or is this even still going to work who are happy about this. People work for this company. They love this company. They're often shareholders. Plenty of people own stock in Southwest uh, themselves. So this is not something that anybody wants. There's just a frustration that there's not a lot of quote, follow the science happening here. There's not an opportunity for people who have had COVID to be tested for antibodies and look at those options or for people that would rather be subjected to some sort of weekly testing protocol. None of those conversations has come up. It's pretty much get the vaccine. We're allowing some limited exemptions, but we haven't, no one's received any additional information about that yet, or you're going to be fired. So, I mean, expert, you know, with expedience, right? And we're not talking in January, we're talking about this year. So, I mean, that's a high stress thing for anybody. And, and my heart breaks for everybody who's caught in it because it, it is terrible. Yeah, it's um, there's a lot of people I've talked to that have gone through similar situations. There's people that I know that are worried about losing their job because, you know, they are like, look, I'm not getting this vaccine because they're telling us we have to. And now there's a lot of people that are having to look down the barrel of, barrel of a gun and make this determination. Do I cave and get the vaccine and feed my family or do I stay principled and, you know, stand up to this? And there's obviously, you know, and it's not like it was just a couple of pilots who said, I'm not doing this. You don't cancel almost 2,000 flights with just a couple of people. So there is a huge movement in the workforce to say, I'm not doing this. And there's no evidence that this is all unvaccinated pilots either. There's plenty of right. people that may be vaccinated that are standing with, with their uh, friends and coworkers. 
Right. There's a strong sense of camaraderie. A lot of people, I would say probably most of the pilots are prior military. So there is an expectation that kind of stick together. There's a brotherhood, there's a sisterhood. There's an understanding that freedom is important. Medical choice is important. And it really blindsided so many people. This was not coming down the pipeline from the company. This wasn't something that people were told at the beginning of the summer or when a vaccine was created. This is something that shocked a lot of people and caught them off guard. And that may be contributing to the scurry that we're seeing. Yeah. And the, the fact that they, they pivoted super hard into the fact that it, this was weather and air traffic control issues when all evidence points to the opposite. Like if you pull up a weather map for those couple of days, it's pretty much blue skies. And if you can't fly a plane in blue skies, I, I question whether or not you're able to fly at all. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. When I looked at the map, I saw a little bit of weather a little just over Fargo. And I don't think there were sound bites going to Fargo. So, uh, you know, I did hear that there an air traffic controller was sick in Florida. I did hear that went home sick early one day. Um, so I think I'm hearing it being blamed like broadly on air traffic control. And I think that's maybe outside the scope. You know, the weather thing is interesting because there are some different rules. Uh, if it's weather that prevents a flight and causes people to be stranded or otherwise inconvenient or opposed to if it's an airline cause issue. So there are some additional liability if it's the airline as opposed to being weather. So that's really interesting. Uh, we'll see how that shakes out because there might be people who have legitimate claims of damage caused by the airline that are otherwise now being unsurped due to it being assigned to weather. So I'll be curious to see if any of those uh, stories shake out. I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and make a, make an assumption now, uh, should history tell a different story, but I would say that the federal government probably backs them on, uh, it's weather because they are, as you said earlier, under that military contractors that or government contractor status. So this is coming from the government forcing this. And this is a problem that stemmed from government and their control over this airline. I don't, I don't see them throwing Southwest under the bus like that. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, and I saw governor Abbott came out with some pretty strong words um, that I think unfortunately will probably just be virtue signaling as far as this is concerned. Uh, they don't have any jurisdiction that would supersede the federal government and certainly wouldn't supersede contract law. Um, but yes, you know, and I am probably sure, and this is hundred percent conjecture uh, that at the end of the day, I'm sure the feds and the powers that be are telling Southwest it's all going to be okay. Any losses you're taking will probably just be, you know, shoehorned into the next bailout package or contract. So I'm sure Southwest already being assured they'll be made whole uh, when this is all over, which is really, really unfortunate, right? Because we are seeing now government intervention um, preventing a free market correction from happening. So. Yep. I have no problem with airlines going under, especially if uh, they get into bed with, with bad actors such as the government and that causes them to go under. But um, yeah. Uh, so is there, is there any uh, last information you'd like to pass along? I know uh, it's getting late and you got kids running around, so oh, I didn't want to take up too much of your time. I, I super appreciate it. So that's kind of the, the, what we know right now, you know, the union has the lawsuit out there. So we'll see what that's going to do. You know, the airline has put out information that they're willing to provide some assistance with exemptions. So let's see if that's in good faith. Let's see what that means. In the meantime, you know, some people are, are going to go to work. Some people are going to stay home. Some people are going to quit. And some people are going to ride it out till termination. So I just think that we need to be mindful. I've, I've seen some people complain that they've been inconvenienced about going wherever they're going. And, I, and I'm, I hate when that happens. I'm so sorry that's happening to people and their traveling plans are disrupted. But this is about so much more. This is about medical freedom. This is about 
you know, being free from coercion of the government. This is highlighting government pressure on on companies. You know, this one has to be a big one, but government often pushes around the little guys too. So I think this is really, really important and it's bigger than just, you know, travel plans. So I appreciate you letting me come on and talk for a few minutes and I'd love to follow up with you about this soon as I hear more information. Yes, ma'am. I really appreciate it. Nina, you uh, have a glorious night and I appreciate you to the moon and back for coming on and telling this story. Um, I hope, you know, your sources stay classified and nobody gets hurt and nobody loses their job, but you are awesome for doing this. Thank you. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Have a good night. You too. So once again, the official narrative is destroyed, which was, oh no, we had bad weather. We had a cloud, like a very small, tiny cloud. So we had to cancel 2000 some flights, which is absolute crap. Uh, anyone who looked at it and didn't question it, uh, I question their sanity and their ability to walk this earth because uh, that's the most shady shit I've ever seen. So I did want to cover a couple more things about the Southwest Airlines thing before moving on. Um, Southwest, you know, they every day they've canceled more and more flights. They're, you know, like as we said, they're, they're blaming air traffic control they're blaming uh the weather they're blaming all of this stuff but in all the articles you'll read it not once discusses pilots taking time off it doesn't also it also doesn't discuss the recent mandates that southwest which is one of the only airlines to my knowledge that is mandating vaccination for their staff um they're not even giving the offer to do uh weekly testing they're saying vaccination or nothing and i 100 percent applaud these pilots and the southwest staff that said no i'm not putting up with this uh you know we get to make the decisions on this not you and good on them and this is just a small portion of the the airline industry this is not a majority this is a small portion yeah, some people were inconvenienced. Some people, you know, ended up being late to places. People had to drive home. Uh, you know, a member of this network ended up having to drive almost 13 hours to get home because their flight was canceled. But freedom isn't free. It takes sacrifice. And this is a huge sacrifice on the parts of a lot of people. It's the people who miss the flights. It's the people who are taking time off of work and risking their careers to say that they're not going to put up with this crap. So I applaud every single person who's dealt with this. And uh, I'm sorry, but this needs to get bigger. We need to do more of this. We need to see truck drivers starting to say, look, I'm not running routes anymore. There's already a truck driver shortage. We've already seen nurses getting fired, doctors getting fired for saying that they're not going to be forced to vaccination. Imagine if you would, 25% of truck drivers decided they're going to walk off the job and not deliver any freight until this stops. 25%. 90-something percent of all commerce traverses in the United States through over-the-road trucking. Whether that be Walmart, Amazon, you know, through, something through FedEx or UPS or whatever. It all goes majority by truck or it goes from, it goes through air travel to where it gets onto a truck and then gets delivered. Truck drivers stand up. 
it's game on, baby. It's it's either it's it's fight or flight at that point. And I I encourage more Americans to stand up. You may think I alone cannot make a difference. Well, there's thousands of pilots that said, you know what? Maybe I don't make a difference, but I'm taking a principled stand. I'm making this determination for myself. I'm doing the right thing and I can sleep at night knowing I did what I thought was right. So yeah, maybe, maybe one person, one truck driver says, I'm not going to do this. Maybe one of his buddies sees it and says, Hey, you know what? I agree with this. I'm going to do it. And then 20 of his buddies and then 20 of their buddies. And then it just snowballs. If we stand up and fight this and we say, we're not going to work for people who are tyrants because yes, a corporation can just be as just as much of a tyrant as any government can. And it takes Americans standing up to fix this. Now, I did want to move into another COVID problem. Or I should say COVID-related topic. So, Merrick and Co. has submitted as of Monday, which would be yesterday... Uh, a new drug to go on the market should it get FDA approval. And it is a COVID pill. And this pill is designed to reduce symptoms from mild to moderate uh, COVID patients. Uh, let's see, I've got the article here. So, the, uh, so on Monday, American Ridgeback... Biotherapeutics asked the Food and Drug Administration, or the FDA, to authorize their antiviral pill for COVID-19. The treatment was found to have the risk of hospitalization or death among adults with mild to moderate symptoms. Just 7% of people who received the pill in a clinical trial were hospitalized or died, compared with 14% of those who got a placebo. Each of those groups contained nearly 400 people. So a virus with a 0.001 mortality rate now has a pill to reduce that 0.001 mortality rate by more than half. Why do we need vaccine mandates again? Why? I mean, this pill basically says, hey, if you've got COVID, here's your solution. And then you've got better immunity moving forward. I shouldn't say immunity. Immunity is the wrong word. They, they use that for the vaccine, even though there is no immunity to it. Uh, your resiliency to the virus uh, improves. Um, due to multiple studies done by different nations, different universities that nobody will cover because there's no money made in free solutions. But this pill is, should it be approved, which is hard to see how it'll end up due to the fact that this will cut Pfizer and Johnson and Johnson's and Moderna's bottom line, because when you are guaranteed to sell vaccines through mandates, uh, you stand to make a lot of money. Tens of billions, in fact, uh, have been made by these corporations through U.S. Uh, push or U.S.-led funding. Uh, it makes me sick. Sick to my stomach, but yeah. So, this pill actually has a better effectiveness rate than the vaccine does. And there's no indication that this is like 
per Delta strain or the Alpha variant or the Beta variant or whatever, this pill protects against COVID, period. It helps mitigate symptoms and all these other things. So you don't need a booster every six to eight months. You don't need to mask up. You don't need to force people to do things they don't want to do. Because, hey, we've got a pill that basically mitigates the symptoms. You get that natural infection. Your body knows how to respond to it moving into the future, which is what we need. Because anyone who is saying otherwise is just a downright liar. Uh, So we'll see how that goes. We'll keep an eye on it. Um, I would, my guess right now will be that the FDA tries to, to, to shelve it and they try to push it back as long as they can. So their buddies at Moderna and Pfizer can make all the money they can humanly make off the backs of Americans because this is all being paid with tax dollars, which means it's your money they stole to give to pharmaceutical companies that don't give a shit whether you live or die because every year malpractice kills 600,000 Americans. That's every year except for last year because people weren't getting medical treatment they needed because they were scared of COVID or hospitals were turning them away. So the next five years, we'll see cancer rates skyrocket, which is amazing because there's no side effects to shutting stuff down, you know, ever. It's all sarcasm. So another thing we're going to talk about is R. Kelly has been tried and sentenced for his crimes, uh, which included racketeering, sexual exploitation of a child, kidnapping, bribery, sex trafficking, and violation of the Mann Act. Uh, He's apparently trying to work out a deal. And this is why I brought it up. He's allegedly working, trying to work it out with the prosecutors in Illinois in exchange for a reduced sentence. So what he's looking to do is flip on other celebrities and large named individuals uh, to reduce his own sentence. And this was done on uh, Chicago's WGCI-FM, an iHeart radio station, the disgraced R&B singer, blah, 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 blah. Uh, the host, I guess one of the hosts of the show is WAC 100. I don't know this station. I don't live in Chicago, so. But, uh, as can be expected, WAC 100 weighed in and gave his two cents about the R. Kelly situation. But based on WAC 100's post, it sounds like he either knows who they are or he has some idea who the thing will be getting pointed at. So this... It's not like it's a big secret on who these people are. Uh, there, When you have someone this high profile, there are many, many, many people that are involved with itineraries, that are involved with scheduling, and that know every move these people make. The idea that he was alone on this is absolute trash. There's plenty of people that watched him do what he did. And this article from allhiphop.com, at the end of it here, it says, if this is true, then they all need to go down. No matter what genre of music they're in, no matter how much power they have in the industry, perceived or otherwise, no matter what color their skin, 
or how well they can sing or dance or play an instrument. If they attack children, they got to go. They all got to go investigate them all, try them all, convict them all, and hit them with the same charges, if not worse than R. Kelly got. Leave nobody out. And so I'll say this. I'm not a big fan on flipping on people and, you know, snitching as it would be called. Um, And the fact that he's doing this to save his own child molesting ass uh, is is disgusting. But I hope it happens. I hope he flips on everyone. Uh, Glizzling Maxwell, I hope she does a tell-all, which the media is doing everything they can to cover up. Um, hopefully when he comes out and does his tell all, uh, they, they find every single one of these pieces of trash and, uh, throws them in a hole so deep that you can't even see daylight. And I agree. It doesn't matter what genre of music it is. If it's country music or rap or hip hop or, you know, whether it's jazz music or orchestra or whatever, they all got to go. This We have to stop having these elitists who believe that they're above reproach being able to do and say and act and whatever, however they want to. It's like uh, last week's episode talked about 300,000 children have been molested by the French Catholic Church over 50 years. It's disgusting. Should never happen. Anyone involved with it deserves the maximum punishment. Now, my preferred methodology is a very large wood chipper, uh, feed them in feet first, and uh, have just, just have a line of them so they know what's coming, so they can wet themselves, shit themselves, and just have that entire panic going through them. But unfortunately, in the United States, uh, sexual assault is treated as a second-class crime, and it's nobody cares, nobody treats it the way it should be. But on the other hand, we got people doing life sentences for drug possession, which affects literally no one other than the person doing the drugs. So go America. We suck. Our justice system sucks. And the way we handle crimes sucks. The fact that we treat people who. I'll say this. The the simple fact that we don't go after people who are predators against the most vulnerable population on this planet, which are children. We don't take those crowns more seriously is very telling. I'm sure there's no money in it. That's why they don't care. Police departments get tons and tons of bonus money for drug busts. The more drugs, the bigger the bonus. If they really cared about stopping child molesters, why don't we take that money and put it into busting up pedophile rings? I don't even think we should do monetized incentives. I don't. I think it's stupid because it creates this problem of staged crimes and shoddy police work and all these other things. But the the fact that we don't place these crimes higher on the spectrum is absurd. There are child molesters that are getting less time, like people who have diddled kids who are getting less time than someone who stole a watch or a car. That child's life is now ruined. They will have to go through psychiatric help for the rest of their life. 
because of people like this. And, you know, I really, I really do hope, uh, where, uh, R Kelly goes that, uh, he gets some of that jailhouse justice. And for those who don't know, rapists, woman beaters, and child molesters get treated very, very, very differently in the big house than all other crimes with good reason. If you're going to think, if you think you're a man and you can beat on women, diddle kids or rape people and there's no repercussions, uh, guess again. But more than likely what will happen is because he is a high profile celebrity, they'll throw him in some kind of federal prison camp that's cush and it looks more like a, it looks more like a daycare than it does a prison. And I'm sure I'll have internet access and all these great amenities because that's where celebrities go. They don't go to real jails like the poor people of the United States, like the rest of us, because the elites get to have all the nice things and do all the worst things and continue to live a life better than us because they have money. And it's never been about who you are. It's about how much money you got and how much money you can throw behind you. Every day, every day that goes by, I believe less and less in voting and more of the inevitable violence that will come. Uh Uh-oh, here we go. Boeing just put out a mandate for all uh, 125,000 workers. Well, good luck replacing some of those aircraft that are going to be broken. Aircraft are always broken. Good luck. Maybe, uh, maybe next week's episode will be more good news. Which is that Boeing's a big chunk of Boeing's staff just said to hell with it and walks out. That would make me the happiest person on the planet. We'll see, though. It takes individual Americans. It doesn't take a union. It doesn't take government. It doesn't take state. It takes individual Americans because these people don't care. They won't stand up for you. They never have and they never will. So it takes <clears throat> it takes the average American to think, when does the madness end? And it's not with compliance. It's not with just doing what they say because complacency kills, literally. Uyghur Muslims in China would agree. That complacency kills Jews in Germany or in Europe, 40s and 30s. Complacency kills. I'm not comparing this to those things. I'm just giving examples where complacency does kill. You comply for long enough, you end up like Australia. They take your guns for safety reasons. You got to be safe, right? You know, they want to take your guns. Okay. And next thing you know, you've got to fight your way out with your hands. They've got guns. They've got tear gas, uh, tear gas launchers. They've got armored vehicles. All you have is your own hands. Where does the madness stop? But yeah, I, uh, I did a poll on Twitter. And uh, I think a lot of people agree that we're not voting our way out of this. 
I, I think we're beyond voting our way out of these problems. Republicans and Democrats are too much of the same bird. They're, the, they're two wings on the same bird. They work together to get the bird there. And there is tyranny. Absolute control over the American populace. But, you know, maybe we should just all bend over and take it. Just do what they say, you know. Not really. I'm not saying that. We should absolutely not do that. And with that, there's a new study out, a new poll out, new information, as you would. A record number of workers are quitting their jobs. People are less, and so the, the, the headline for this is really telling. Uh, people are less willing to endure low pay and inconvenient hours. McDonald's is hiring for some places at $15 an hour. I, I don't know that it's pay. For some people, maybe it is. There's 10 million jobs available, 8.5 million unemployed Americans. And I don't think, I don't think it's all just, you know, people that enjoyed not working for the last year because of lockdowns. I think people are looking at this idea of forced vaccination mandates and are saying to hell with this. I'll find something else. I'll go work 1099 somewhere. But the article goes on. And this is from the Washington Post, so you know it's going to be good. The number of people quitting the jobs has surged to record highs, pushed by a combination of factors that include Americans sensing ample opportunity and better pay elsewhere. Some 4.3 million Americans quit jobs in August, and about 2.9% of the workforce, according to new data released Tuesday from the Department of Labor, those numbers are up from the previous records set in April of about 4 million people quitting reflecting how the pandemic has continued to jolt workers' mindsets about their job and their lives. So this article goes on and makes the socialist pitch that we need more money for jobs. Um, It's not about the uh, inflation of the dollar, so your money's worth less and you're getting paid the same. No, it's, uh, it's a simple fact that people are two things. People don't want to be vaccinated by force. Some do, some don't. Uh, some people actually beg for it. I've seen the most disgusting trash I've ever seen online in the last few months that people are saying that you shouldn't be allowed to leave your house if you're not vaccinated. Tell me you're a tyrant without telling me you're a tyrant. But Americans are quitting their jobs at record pace. Record pace. I mean... We have, like, this is not people that are losing their jobs, like, due to involuntary reason. These are people that are saying, deuces, I'm out, I quit, Uh, here's my two-week, or no notice. These are people that just said to hell with it. Record numbers. And so the chart goes all the way back to 2000, and the highest peak was right about 2000, when it was about 2.4, 2 2.3%. Drops down to the lowest at around 2010 at the end of the recession when people were dying for work. And we have skyrocketed to 2.9% of Americans just quitting their jobs. And this, this doesn't determine whether or not people are finding new jobs or what, but they are quitting their jobs. 
I recently quit my job in the last month due to personal concerns. I felt like they were going to get me killed uh, due to just trash policies. Uh, it's it's for a it was it was for a military contractor who works on a facility that deals with high explosives. And they decided to make decisions where we were going to throw out safety policy while working around high explosives because they lost a contract that they were stealing money from the government and the government doesn't like competition. So they get mad at people who steal money from them because the only people allowed to steal is the government. But I made a decision. I said, look, I'm not going to work for you guys anymore. You can pound sand. I'll figure it out. And apparently 2.9% of Americans agree that maybe it's time for a change. So, as of this article being written, 11.1 million jobs are open. There's not enough Americans working to fill those jobs. There's not enough, un- I should say, there's not enough unemployed Americans to fill those jobs right now. So, this idea that, you know, people aren't willing to work is crap. It's just people aren't willing to work for crap. But that also means that they're not going to stand up for forced vaccines as we've seen with Southwest. They're not going to stand up for being told how to live their lives outside of their job. Americans, in some small way, are being rebellious in a slight way that they may not even be conscious they are. This is why I've always made the pitch that unions are trash because they always feed money to politicians that push on anti-American policy but pro-union policy. You don't need a union to tell you to walk off your job site with a bunch of other people. You don't need that. You don't need that. You can say, hey, look, this is trash. This is crap. Why are we doing this? Let's go home. It hurts the employer more than it does the employee, especially right now. There's more jobs available than there are people to work them. Make a stand. Do it. Be principled. Don't talk about it. Be about it. If you think these vaccine mandates are shit, go work for a company that won't enforce them. Find, start Hell, start your own business. Be principled. Stand and act in the way that you claim to be. Don't say that you're anti-vaccine mandate and then turn around and do things that they want you to do because they say to do it. Be principled. Do what it is that you claim to be. And look, I get it. You know, I've made this argument for people before. You know, some people don't have that luxury. Some people just cannot quit their jobs, and I get that. But if you have the opportunity to get tested every week, do it. Make that stand. Be the guy who has to take off time. Because if you have to go get tested for work, it's they're legally, to my understanding, they're legally required to pay you to be there to go get tested. Be that guy. Go get tested every week. Or girl. Be principled. Hell, stop at McDonald's on the way back. Get you get you some extra time in on that. 
They don't give a shit about you. You're a number to them. Hell, I don't even know you. And I guarantee you, I care more about you than they do. You don't even work for me. I don't give you money. You don't give me money except for the people that sponsor the show, which I care a little bit more about you because you help me do this shit every week. But (laughs) I'm going to get so much hate off that. (laughs) But do what is right for you. Do what's right in your soul. Be rebellious again, America. Meet in Tun Tavern and say, to hell with this. Go down to the bar and say, you know what? Damn these red coats. Damn their tyranny. And damn be the queen. Or king back then, I guess. But Don't just stand there. Don't just talk about it. Be about it. Show me and show the world that America is still full of the baddest, angriest motherfuckers on the planet. That we are the people that you mess with, you want to fuck around, you will find out. Be those people again. Be the Americans that said, we be, be that 3% of Americans in 1770s. I said, we are not going to take this. We are done. Because this is our last chance. This is our last stand before it gets worse. If we don't take this stand now, the goalpost moves, and we've got to fight our battle somewhere else that's a lot worse. So take that stand. Get your goal line offense out there. And beat the hell out of them. Make them beg for every single inch. Don't give them nothing. Be rebellious again, America. Be rebellious. Because civil disobedience to this crap is what's going to get us out of this. It's not just getting vaccinated and bending over. It's taking that stand and saying no more. With that, I'm going to uh, start to wind it down here. So it's that time again. Go to notarealpodcast.com. Copy some sweet merch. Here's some of that sweet merch. The sweetest of sweet merch. Don't hurt people. Don't take their stuff. Thou shalt not fuck it around or thou shalt find out. Be someone who when the government tries to fuck around, they will find out. Be that person. Also, go to electnallybruno.com help her out she's the only politician we've openly endorsed on this show or on this network com. also tomorrow night i will be recording with a good friend of mine uh the dissident in chief for his show the dissident in chief so go check that out when he drops it sometime this weekend i think he said saturday or sunday it'll drop on anchor.fm and other platforms uh 
audio only podcast. So go check it out this weekend. I'll plug it again Thursday. Hopefully I'll have more information then, but go show the man some love. Also follow him on Twitter at dissident in chief. Uh, he's a grifty ship hosting dude, but he's awesome. He, uh, he usually gets, he usually hits the nail right on the center of the head. And I do want to leave this show out with probably the worst joke I will ever tell. Eh, it's probably not the worst joke. I've told worse. But this is a pretty bad joke. I can't take a hundred percent credit for this, but it's pretty funny. At least I laughed. It's that dark humor. You know, if R. Kelly's lawyer had been a 16-year-old girl, we know she'd have got him off. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, good night. One last thing before you go. Now that your eardrums are bleeding. Go find us on Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Twitter, and Spotify. Uh, we prefer that you find us on all other platforms other than Facebook because there will come the inevitable time that we get permanent off of Facebook and we want you to be able to find our content. So go to YouTube. Hit subscribe, hit the notification bell, hit set it to on, always on, all the things, comment, share, like, whatever, do those things. And if you do it, I'll love you more. Good night. Welcome to episode 5 of 